Let's go. Welcome to Micromobility, a podcast exploring the disruptive potential of lightweight utility vehicles. Using the history of computing as a framework, we examine how these technologies will upend everything we thought we knew about the future of urban transport. The host of the show is Horace Deju, founder of Asimco.com, and I'm his co-host, Oliver Bruce. Alright, welcome back to Micromobility. How are you today, Horace? We haven't been on for a while. Hey, what have you um, been up to? Uh, what I've been up to is, 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 uh, is traveling. I've, I've, been, I've been around the world. Um, and, and more, more not just, <laughs> not just um, the, the, the easy way via hops on airplanes, but rather the, the, the hard way, which is on the ground. And um, so I've been... I've, 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 I've traveled in Europe over 3,500 kilometers on the ground, and um, and so just right. um, wow. So I saw a couple of cities, um, Helsinki in the summer, um, Riga, Latvia. Um, I've seen um, Warsaw, um, Prague, um, Mainz in Germany, uh, Paris, a couple of days. Uh, Dijon, which is a small town in France, um, uh, Zurich. Yep. That's it not is. where the mustard's from, it is it? It is actually the the Dijon area oh. is very. But the, the, yeah, it does. It does. Um, there is a big deal there about that. Um, Dijon. Then, then I went to Zurich for a couple of days as well. Switzerland. Um, then. Um, Back to France, um, uh, Perpignan, which is at the south of France, right on the border with uh, Spain. And now I'm back in Spain itself, um, near Alicante. So, but this was a road yeah, trip. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, my, my, uh, this wasn't just uh, trying to do uh, research, but I was um, visiting everywhere with my son, and we were just exploring a lot of places. And some of it had to do with conferences and meetings I had to do, uh, but some of it was was just recreation. But I did see a lot of mobility. So um, yeah, totally. So what? So when you got into the cities in Europe, what? What? I mean, I've been in Spain, and when you're in there with a car, it's <laughs> you're definitely not the the prioritized transportation mode. Uh, especially in the older parts of the city. So how do you get around when you get in, into those places? Well, we, what you want to do in Europe is you want to find parking, which isn't always easy. Usually, um, the closer you are to the center, you, 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 the more expensive. But what you want to do is maybe on the periphery, uh, get rid of the car as soon as you can. Um, and then either take transport, uh, like, like transit, I mean, um, trains or, or something like it, um, and then in the city proper, you want to use bikes or, or in, you know, increasingly scooters to, to make these short distances. The thing about European cities is they're actually quite small. Because they're old, the city centers, which is where all the interesting parts are, 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 are very, um, they're very pedestrian and, and, and cycle friendly. Uh, some, some of that varies, like even, even Eastern, I was in a lot of Eastern Europe and so Prague, uh, Warsaw, Riga, um, 
these were these were less let's say consistent um there mm-hmm. are there are um for example a lot of problems deal with cobblestones uh when you get especially to old city centers and those even the Helsinki yeah. uh has a lot of cobblestone streets and by the way that this is kind of by design they they could have paved them years and years ago but they feel that it preserves some aspect of the old old but also it uh, it does calm traffic a lot so when you you know when you're in a car you can't go very fast on cobblestones particularly even Riga Riga is very very rough cobblestones um mm-hmm. it's almost hard to walk on them so so when you when you when you go to these places and you know like scooters don't work uh Champs-Élysées in, in Paris one of the most famous uh, streets in the world um is not paved mm. um and so if even if you go on the bike path you're going to be on cobblestones uh as you're traveling mm. through the city and this is where scooters were actually problematic because when when you are um and also i noticed that even in paris which is not the hilliest of places but there are some hills uh you you're going to have trouble going uphill with some of the scooters that are out there so what's interesting is that although scooters are hugely popular in paris and we should talk about that a little bit because paris right now is going through a sort of a um uh, a bit of a um challenge with 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 scooters to put it nicely the mayor is threatening or planning or promising to um to basically um uh deprecate them by by putting a speed limit of something like um, there are problems of several on several levels one the, the the streets are not the smoothest even the sidewalks are not the smoothest it's very mixed up um uh paris is by the way is home to uh, 18 different uh, micro mobility systems including everything from uh, sit down mopeds um e-bikes regular bikes um or or uh, dock bikes uh, dock sharing systems and then you have of course uh, scooters and uh and also car mm-hmm. sharing you have, you also have pretty pretty impressive you know number of these very tiny micro cars like smart cars um that are mm-hmm. that are you know in a special parking it? so it's kind of a mess um but i want to say that the so i want to because of the that's paris so in the mayor of paris is very proactive about um removing the car from the city uh and and yeah. so that the, the, these are two arguments one you can be pro micro mobility another one is you can be um anti car and those aren't necessarily uh, always the same thing i would be careful here because mm-hmm. the the reason you to be anti car include pollution noises and other reasons why you know you have a low quality of life in particular in paris you have people on mopeds which are gas powered that are two cycle motors that are extremely loud extremely polluting and are far worse even than than a dozen cars can be she's been uh, on this uh, on this approach of of you know getting the car out of the city center it doesn't belong uh, paris is a fairly small town actually it's not that big in in us terms uh, or in in you know sure. asian terms um and you can uh, you can traverse it on a scooter fairly easily or on a bike um many many tourists will probably go through most of it on foot 
So it's in, in, and I'm talking mm-hmm. about the area within so-called the peripherique, which is the, the ring road around the city. But she wants to almost yeah. eventually push the car out of completely the, this, this peripherique area. She's already done so by banning cars along the Sand River. And, and if she's elected, she would ban them in the so-called the four arrondissements, which are the, the, the four nearest neighborhoods to the city center. So they would push the car mm-hmm. essentially towards the edges and eventually move it all the way to, to out of the city. But having said that, the alternative, what do you do, is, is there's transit, there's walking, and there's micromobility. The, her approach mm-hmm. has been far more, let's get people into transit and walking, but in fact that is not as convenient as micromobility, and in many ways she's also not a fan of some of the micromobility options out there, like in particular scooters. She's thinking about moving them, um, deprecating them as well by reducing their maximum speed because of other considerations. Now, having been there, I can see some of these considerations. How slow does she want to make them in Paris? I believe eight kilometers an hour, which is barely walking speed. So it becomes... <laughs> you can't even get the scooter like uh, standing up at that speed. But yeah, I hear you. Uh, I think that, in fact, that... Uh, and I heard this. I don't know how true it is. Um, I heard that either Bird or Lime, I think it's it's Lime, has like 18% of the revenue comes from Paris. It's one of the most, um, it's by far the biggest. I think the second biggest is, is less than 10%. So so as a city, it's really one of the best, the best in terms of volumes. I'm not sure about profitability, but in terms of volume of, of revenue, mm. Paris is huge. Um, and And so for them, it would be a big blow if you were, uh, you know, if you taking a hit, it's like Uber and London or something like that, right? You know, you know. Um, sure. So, so, but we, we can get into why, and this is very tactical. This is very detailed as far as the city's concerned, uh, or that one city's concerned. But there are other great stories. Helsinki, the scooters just came in this year, and and and, and ridership and everything is off off the charts. Um, uh, the the. Um, Prague uh, is more cycling oriented, but but I think scooters are picking up. They have quite a big diversity there. Uh, Warsaw scooters are picking up a lot, and so overall, whenever you see scooters entering a city, there's a huge uptake. Very very popular. Um, tourists obviously love them. These these all these cities have high tourism rates, um, and so. Uh, the convenience factor, the addressability of the city center with these vehicles is, is, is phenomenal. So, but there, there's downsides. And so maybe what we should talk about is how the fact that uh, when, when you look at transportation and, and this injection of software and, and, and new hardware into a city, I was actually causing sure. uh, a, a, not just a great debate. We talked about segmentation before, but it's a very important idea that segmentation by Trip distance is one thing, but segmentation by vehicle type is another thing, and jobs to be done that, that follow. So I, I'm cautious about saying there's an answer with scooters because... So if we're, if we're thinking about it in a wider context, you're talking about, is scooter the, the play for the long term here? Is the form factor actually going to default to that, or are we going to see the emergence of other things? Is that what you're saying by segmentation here when you're talking about vehicle type? Yeah, exactly. So... Whether mm. we think that scooter people have begun to equate micromobility with scooters, and sure, that is 
problematic on several levels. I don't know if the economics of scooters will ever work out. There are there are reasons to believe that that um, that they are they cause a lot of offense. Um, there are reasons to believe that they that they are um, uh, that the engineering questions are, are are unsolvable. And the reason I say this is again that there's there's new, and this is again a, a speculative, but there's a report from the information. Uh, that suggests that um, even though they've iterated three times on their vehicles, that they still can't make them work uh, economically. This is Lime. Yeah, so, so Ry- uh, yeah. Lime, Lime having um, you know, spent close to, you know, I don't know how much they raised, but they, they've raised more than a billion, I they've believe. They've raised seven, no, nah, they've raised about 700 and something million, I think. Well, according to this quote I have, Lime has raised uh, a total of more than one billion in the last two years. Oh, that, okay. That's what I'm right. seeing right. in this in this report, um, and uh, and and they've they've had to have a management um, turnover and change there, uh, and and that they're running through cash very quickly. Again, the report cites twenty three million dollars loss in one month, um, and they raised three hundred ten million in February. Maybe this isn't well known, but this last raise was in February. Uh, this is Corey Weinberg, by the way, saying this. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, um, and and that bird is down. I to mean, 100. losing. Oh yeah, I was going to say yeah. I I know birds. Well, the rumors are the birds down to hundred mil. I was going to say losing twenty three twenty three mil in a month is uh, is it sounds sounds really bad, but then you should go work at Uber when you're losing that every week. You know. Well, yes, but but then again, the Uber has got deeper pockets, right? So um, it does, it does. No, I I, I just uh, yeah. Look, I uh, for sure, I think there's a there is an open question there around whether or not the scooter the scooter model is going to be able to um, survive. Well, you have written a blog post which is excellent, which I will link to in this, uh, talking about the three eras of micromobility mm-hmm. so far. And I thought um, we say we've covered it in a podcast before, but I thought we could use this podcast as a way to sort of. Okay, we're six to nine, nine months down the line. We're we've been through the first three. Maybe it would be worth going over what those first three are really quickly. And then, what are we seeing now? It looks like scooters maybe don't work, or they're not working in the current way that we we thought they were going to work, on which they've raised a lot of money. So, what are the implications of that? Right. So, so um, three eras. I think were were uh, dock, dock bike sharing, uh, dockless bike sharing and, and dockless or, or free floating scooter sharing. And this is, you know, this is typified by, let's say in the U S motivate, uh, uh, which was in New York with bike sharing many years ago. Uh, then, mm-hmm. then came the China bike sharing of 2016, uh, that, that, that tried to export its model, but didn't succeed. So Motivate obviously was acquired, by the way, and, and although somewhat successful, it hasn't been a, a you know a home run hit. Um, it, it it has had a limited footprint even in the United States, although some fairly large cities. So so let, let let's be clear that these aren't necessarily flops, but they're but they haven't scaled. Uh, so version one uh, dock dock bikes with with some connectivity, but mostly to the dock, not to the bike. The second level of connectivity sure. was to the bike itself, and discoverability through an app. Uh, that 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 meant that that's a dockless system. And then we have dockless, but with a powered vehicle, 
but in this case a powered vehicle that had a throttle system as opposed to a more traditional form factor like a bicycle. So the scooter took off in the U.S. and my argument is also that that is not a universal model, meaning that it doesn't replace even the even the the dockless bikes uh, in, in in you know that there's room for both dockless bikes, dockless e-bikes and scooters in the same uh, kind of spectrum of of, of mobility. Um, that's why I use micro mobility, not scooter sharing. You know, micro mobility is everything from skateboards up to quadricycles, right? So the, 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 that's, that's a key thesis, right? And that's what I mean by segmentation mm-hmm. by vehicle type and segmentation by, by distances. The distances we want to cover are going up to, you know, 20 plus miles. The, the, um, the number of passengers is going to vary from, you know, from one to four. The, the cargo capacity is going to vary as well. So there are certain things with scooters you cannot do. By the way, and just even things like, you know, if you're using a scooter, it's difficult to follow maps and use, use, um, use a, you know, because they, they don't have phone holders. And if you don't have phone holders, you have to hold the phone. And holding the phone on, the, on, on a scooter is very tricky. You, can't, you can carry much stuff. Um, other people have. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, you know, there are a lot of little details. So, when, when, so that's my, my first point is that it, one size doesn't fit all. And scooters have done very well because when they come on the scene, it's like mobile phones. When the first mobile phones came on the scene, the people were just absolutely nuts about them. They, 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 they are phenomenal liberators. They, they really, the StarTech really... 2000, you mean? <laughs> even before that, even before that, we had, yeah. we had brick phones, we have car phones. These are things were installed in the car. Literally, you had to have an installer. I've even had, uh, I didn't have an installed phone. I had one that was big enough that required you to have a big case for it. Um, but that was like late 80s, you know. Um, and, and, and it was so cool to call somebody and say, hey, I'm in a car. I'm driving and I'm talking to you on a phone. That was a big deal. Yep. And, and uh, you know, you, can, you characterize the early adopters. At that time, it was because it was expensive. It was more like business people would use these things, salespeople and so on, yep. on the road. Didn't want to stop at a payphone. They would just make a call from the car. Now we're seeing young people essentially being the ones who are taken to, to micromobility um, and not so much, you know, older and, and slower people. In any case, the... The, 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 the argument then I'm making is that we should look at non, not just scooters, but, but non-throttle um, systems, e-bikes. Uh, we've talked about them before, but in my experience just le- recently, what's adding a wrinkle is that the economics of scooters are, are seemingly not stabilizing. Um, uh, perhaps there is a path to profitability, as they say. Uh, but it, mm-hmm. unlike, unlike, so here's the, here's the question, because I know you were at Bird, and Bird still doesn't have a, not Bird, sorry, <laughs> Uber. Uber still doesn't have yep. a path to profitability that people can agree on. Um, and and the, the problem, though, is that at this stage, only one or two years in, the Bird and Line models, they really need a lot of cash. And the question is, can they... Can they um, make it through another year without solving this puzzle? Uber made it. So can they solve the unit economics while they go out and do their blitz scaling strategy? And I think that's a very valid question. 
Yeah. And it is because the the problem I see is that my answer to this puzzle three year, um, three night three to nine months ago was they need to iterate on the vehicle, and they need to mm-hmm. and and they need to work harder on operations to understand better how to optimize. So mm. on the vehicle side in particular, now attention is being focused on on the vehicle. Now here's what I here's the here's the way I see the problem. The vehicle needs to last. Not one month, not three months, probably nine months. Um, I don't think they're... Yeah, th- well, the, yeah, longevity is, is yeah. definitely the thing. That, I mean, it kills your economics if all of a sudden and my argument, after a month. My argument early on with scooters was that, hey, the wheel size, the diameter of the wheel does actually impact everything. It impacts usability in, 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 in as you said, different road conditions. It impacts safety. And it impacts durability because anything with with that level of of um, suspension um, will end up having to bear a lot more um, a, a lot more vibration, a lot more shock, a lot more weight uh, per square uh, millimeter in terms of the load factor, right? Generally, you know, trucks have bigger wheels than cars and cars have, you know, bigger wheels Typically, than than um, well, not bicycles, but because bicycles were first. Sure, but you, you can see how yeah, yeah, absolutely. The I hear, I hear your point, but isn't that what birds are doing with their cruiser? Right. Well, that's that's the point is that they're moving up in that, but in doing so, the economics may not be getting better enough. Here's why: because the vehicle cost c- keeps creeping up, and you're seeing now scooters being priced to consumers at twelve hundred dollars. Now, the, the actual cost of developing and building the product may be, you know, in terms of amortizing all of that into one number, you might be looking at, you know, $800 now. It used to be three, four, or five. Now it's eight, maybe, for, for mm-hmm. a good scooter, like with all the bells and whistles. Now, if you go then um, and ask, okay, what do bikes cost? And can bikes with a bigger wheel and longer life can they be made to be more economical faster? So let's frame it this way. Bikes have issues with respect to being accessible. Scooters have issues with respect to being durable. But can we make a bike more accessible faster than, than a scooter can become uh, more durable? And if, if so, then the two form factors begin to overlap and compete to some extent. I don't think they will indirectly, mm-hmm. but I think this is the question. To dismiss bikes is, is, not, a, is not great. Um, to, to assume that scooters will take over what bikes do, I don't think is valid. So at the same time, maybe the bike will never do everything that the scooter does. So there's room for both. What, what I'm trying to point out, though, is that all the capital has been pouring into scooters, like literally sure. 100%. Um, there's been very little investment on bikes, with the two major caveats that both Uber and Lyft have invested in bike schemes, um, and in, yes. p- in particular, Jump, Jump is doing a tremendous amount of investment in the vehicle, and Jump actually on I saw it in in, in Paris. Jump bikes are super fast uh, on the street there. Uh, they're being used on together, mixing in with the cars. They're not being used on sidewalks. E-bikes, especially well-designed e-bikes have the potential to really do urban jobs very, very well. Uh, and that mm. includes commuter jobs. 
and, and utility jobs, not just, you know, for a recreational user, casual user, um, the, 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 the scooter may still do some things well. Anyway, my, my point is that there's, there's a lot more variety out there than just scooters. And so let me, let me step back a moment and, and reflect on personal scooters, not shared ones. Because the personal scooter space now has evolved to have some very, very amazing product. Um, I was just um, looking at a, uh, a scooters that can go, let's say, 80 kilometers an hour, some ridiculously fast speeds. <laughs> they, have, yeah. they have front and rear suspension. They have perhaps dual motors. They have huge battery packs. They have dual, dual braking systems. And these, because of the suspension and the larger wheels and the larger weight, these things are fairly stable and people are riding them at very high speeds. Now that, I don't, and they, they start to go up in price to the thousands of dollars. Now you could ask this, a valid question, is that form factor something that a, a sharing system would, would deploy eventually, like if they iter, keep iterating, will they get to a multi-thousand dollar vehicle, maybe the longevity will go yeah. up. Or can, can the e-bike can the e that already today in, in a fleet form factor is going to cost a few thousand, I'm thinking of the, the bond machines that are in Zurich, which are based on the Stromer, and that, that's a multi-thousand dollar vehicle that maybe comes down in price, maybe gets a little bit more, more, more um, oriented towards accessibility, and then, you, you, you know, sure. what, what is best? What is best is the question. Now, the, what it comes down to then is back to the economics question. You, you've got the vehicle. And I didn't, I, I talked about engineering costs and engineering and, and bill of materials. And, uh, but what about operating costs? And here's where I also expected to see a lot more, uh, a, a lot more innovation. Um, with bicycle... Um, Systems traditionally have been allocated using docks. Eventually, they move to dockless. Now, scooters have a big problem with with uh, charging, and sure. what you would expect is is removable batteries. You would expect charging stations so that users would be in, encouraged to charge the vehicle directly, as opposed to using a, a charger or a person to mm-hmm. to charge them. The dependency on actually motor vehicles to move to move the scooters to a charging location. The fact that they're down during a charging period, which might be as long as you know half a day, as they're taken offline to be charged. You have all these yep. really poor economics as far as the, the 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 operations. How well can so you need to balance it in, implicitly? You're balancing or explicitly, I should say, you're balancing the network by, by taking them offline and putting them back online. So presumably the charger replaces or repositions the vehicle at a, uh, at a location which is more favorable after charging it, right? So they don't drop it off at the yep. same place, but they do a lot of manual labor to move these things. So they're not, they're not great because of that reason. They're not great environmentally. They're not, they don't have the best uh, duty cycle, meaning the, the on-off cycle, Use use non-use cycle, so there, there there are there are some serious issues. The batteries are small also because uh, they need daily daily recharging. So I'm familiar with. Well, they bikes. also can't be too heavy because otherwise the the chargers find them too heavy and refuse exactly. to pick them up, which is what's been happening with the the bird ones. People were complaining and saying, "Oh, these are too heavy," so they just don't even pick them up in the 
right. on the thing. Well, but, but we're seeing that though, because Skip, Skip, for example, has come out and they're saying they're going to be doing rechargeable batteries and Scoot was trying to do it, obviously, before they sold to Bird. I mean, it's not, it's not a, I mean, I hear yes, you. Yes, I hear I, you. I, 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 hear know, I know, I know, I know all this. The problem I see though is that when you're dealing with fleet sizes in the, mm-hmm. in the hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands, the the, the you you're going to be burning tens of hundreds of millions of dollars on each generation and you the every mistake or every omission from the design is very costly so in many ways what you're saying is like okay do you really have uh, the opportunity to iterate through through the 20 designs you need to iterate through or do you, do you, you know if you fail if you fail in the third are you out that is the that is one of the issues I think with the mega with the mega operators. In fact, which I think favors a little bit more the smaller guys, but the smaller guys are not attracting the capital. This is the fundamental problem. The the, the, the So the, so talk me through that. So you've got you've got Bird and Lime who have raised I don't know bill bill and a half each. Sorry, you've got a, you know a couple of billion dollars with the capital that's gone into those guys. Then you've got motivate and and jump. But isn't that isn't like aren't motivate and jump actually doing that though with their bikes well i think there's a i mean you can category. see it in the sense that like ju- yes the, the, okay. the, so let me let me let me re- restate these these uh categories so we have birdline which raised the bill uh, let's say a billion each they're in the billion dollar investment category most of that's gone most of that's been burned into vehicle fleets that have already disappeared off the off the off the earth um or they're in landfill somewhere the second group are the, the Uber and Lyft, which invested in cycling uh, primarily and e- e- e-cycling, various models there. And, and third, I think that, that you did mention were the Skip and the, um, the Scoot um, uh, category of, 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 uh, of scooter sharing. Um, but those are really far more i think the the that third category because of their l- lower capital um they are less focused on huge fleets and more focused on product and more focused on operations to be optimizing the, 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 the sure. to me actually this third group the smaller operators are the ones who are doing the best thinking they're the ones who are really trying to understand the, the, the vehicle optimization and the operational optimizations. When you, so in a sense, when you have so much capital, the, 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 the billion dollars, what do you do with it? You might, you might actually spend 50 million on vehicle, and then, but most of, most of the revenue, or sorry, most of the, the capital is spent on fleets. The middle group, which were the jump in, motivate teams are, are probably also spending a huge amount on the vehicle but they're not they have time and maybe less time now that they're public because there's a lot of pressure to deliver on numbers but they were sort of more let's say forward-looking but they have also the 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 need to to build large fleets um, and each iteration costs a great deal because you still need to deploy tens of thousands of vehicles with each generation but the last group, because mm-hmm. they're only they're only delivering maybe hundreds of vehicles each each generation, have the opportunity to think through a little bit more how to iterate. I you know, but they have a different set of problems is they can't raise enough capital 
because they're not considered viable. They also struggle with the supply chain because they're like, how do you exactly. go get stuff manufactured if you're it, small? It's a catch right? twenty two. The, the I, I would say the the, mm. the smartest the the thoughtfulness. I don't want to say smart because that makes the other looks sound dumb, but it's not dumb. It's more like what do you, what are you facing as a constraint, and as a result, how do you act? to cope with, with the constraint, I think leads to in, interesting solutions. So the smallest players have the greatest, have, I think have the best incentive system because they're really thinking about the problem. The big ones are, are, are thinking more about delivering something to investors or to, to, um, uh, to shareholders. And the big ones are saying, we need if you give me 500 million dollars i'm going to build the largest uh, fleet i can in as many cities as i can so i'm going to buy a whole bunch of these vehicles which are the wrong vehicles you see what i mean no no and i hear you i mean that's the, the perennial challenge of having a little bit too much money um and needing also as well to go and return that capital and i think we've talked about it in the past you know the challenges that you see with Lime, for example, receiving a bunch of money and then going to cities and saying, great, we've, we've promised our investors we're going to double in size in the next year. And the city's saying like, whoa, 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 you know, calm down. <laughs> we're exactly. still struggling to absorb the number of scooters you've already got, uh, let alone doubling your numbers. Uh, and same and- thing happened with, with Ofo and Mobike where investors said, okay, you've proven it in, in let's say, Shanghai and, and Beijing. Now go take over the world, and so they deploy yes. immediately everywhere from Buenos Aires to Bogota to you know uh, Prague and 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 everything in between. And so, if you give me five hundred million dollars, I'm gonna buy, you know, uh, I'm gonna buy two million bikes and put them everywhere. And they they didn't spend the money in understanding the local markets and in, in developing the teams, developing the operations and dealing with with all these minutiae. And that's why we ended up with with a rejection, a wholesale rejection of this model. It's it's essentially arrogance that's that's being uh, yeah. displayed. Now on the scooter space you're seeing a, a variation of that, I'm afraid. Um, and so but statistically there's a lot of data that I, to me the, as an analyst what what I'm a little bit shocked by is how little bit effort's been going into maybe it is going but it's not being it's not visible it's going into understanding the the dynamics and the behaviors of users i mean by this how do you actually use any i've I've tried to synthesize this with the trip distance distributions if the trip distance distributions of all scooters is similar and all bikes are somewhat different than scooters then why not work out a way to, you know, build a, a solution that, let's say, if you're a scooter maker, maybe you want to go to longer distances. If you're a bike maker, maybe you want to go to shorter distances. Maybe also then, and this is the holy grail, maybe also find a way to collaborate and, and thus do trip chain and, and, and multi, multimodal micromobility. These are the kind of things like, uh, it seem obvious to me that they should be developing on, on these dimensions. Instead, we have kind of an all-or-nothing approach on a single, on a single um, uh, solution, and it's not, it's not solving the overall problem. 
So there's, in, I sense, I sense it's not foolishness. It's just the fact of, of the way the system works right now that everyone's in a race thinking that they're, it's a winner-take-all, number one. And number two is that if I don't move quickly, then I'm going to lose. And so there's a, there's, a, there's a tendency to go all in on one, one solution and just make, make, you know, bet. you're playing a, a roulette game and you put all your chips on a number. I mean, there's a lot of numbers on the roulette table, and instead you just yeah. put everything on one, and you say, "Well, it's it's worked once, you know this this number one in one case, but let's let's make sure it wins in every case, and it doesn't." And so this is the this is what I'm sensing is because again, lots of people are coming from software, lots of people are coming from Silicon Valley, lots of investors are coming from Silicon Valley, and they have this assumption that we're going to see the Amazon, Google, Facebook model. They became essential monopolies in all the uh, in the whole world, and yet transportation doesn't seem to scale the same way. That's not to say that transportation well, won't be. Well, people as big. are trying to build it. On, no, no, sure, but I mean, I think that that's where the the argument about it, the way that Uber's playing in this space is really interesting, right? Because you've got the way that they've rolled out Jump. It still strikes me as that they're in that experimentation phase. They talk about the fact that they're expanding really quickly into micromobility, but they're not compared to the scale of what they could be doing, they're really not. But I also think that that's a really intelligent approach by them. They're taking a little bit of a wait, wait and see. Oh, I, absolutely. They've got the money I'm, to be I'm able not, to do it. I'm not saying Uber or, or Lyft here. Mostly I'm my... my, my uh, because those, those are being funded by essentially corporate parents. What I'm talking about is mostly where, where venture capital has been going, right? There's this, this winner-take-all yeah, mentality sure. from Silicon Valley. And I, I think that yeah. Uber and Lyft are more nuanced, and, and they're almost like treating micromobility as a, as a hobby. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but they're, they're thinking it as a hedge and something they should be paying attention to. And we talked about this before, saying this is a great sign, actually, that they're not allergic to this, that they're not that they're not uh, asymmetric with it and therefore they're moving they're moving into micromobility in a, in a reasonable way um, and, and they're not in any hurry and that's that's not a bad thing but I'm just speaking about bird and lime and my expectation and worry here I should say not expectation my the possibility exists that we're gonna have uh, a flame out uh, as we had with, with China and and bike sharing in China where these companies went too fast and too far with a model that was that was incomplete and as a result it 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 shines a bad light on the whole micromobility idea and it's 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 you know you get to the trough of disillusionment you know the gartner hype cycle you have this enormous sure. enthusiasm then 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 a collapse in enthusiasm and then sort of a recovery through through a, a, a you know a, the so-called uh, plateau of productivity, the, the 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 we may actually see multiple of these Gartner hype cycles when it comes to micro. We've seen again one for 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 uh, bike sharing, which was isolated to capital coming out of China. Now it's now the next. You know, and by the way, that birthed Lime. Lime came from the China bike share. We forget that, but Lime started with essentially a replication of Ofo. And they pivoted mm-hmm. very quickly to, to scooters as they saw the conditions in the U.S. and Bird doing what they did. Um, and then they dropped completely bikes, and then they, they dropped also e-bikes. And they, you know, so they, again, here's the process of double down, double down again on the one number. And I'm not sure at all that it was the right decision. 
I, I would say that you need to have much more of a balanced portfolio and you have to be much more thoughtful of the conditions locally in each city. It might, it might make sense to actually develop a different mode even in each city. And I know there's hedging going on in modes and lots of other... Uh, it's, it's not like we have a single solution, especially I think that's one thing Jump is doing is they're, they're saying, well, we'll do scooters and bikes and we'll do scooters, e-bikes, maybe even something else down the line. Um, so mm-hmm. again, it's not a. I, I'm 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 disclaiming a lot of the statements I'm making because I know there are exceptions and and there are uh, there are varieties of approaches here. I'm only trying to say broadly speaking, we need more diversity, not less. Broadly speaking, we need to be more nuanced rather than than deliberate in our statements. So it's, it's um, and, and in the meantime, by the way, with all these business models are waxing and waning, while all that's happening, usage is just booming and booming and booming, right? We have users mm-hmm. are taking to the product as, as uh, uh, fish to water. And the thing is that, again, the, the, um, the, the memory I have, personal, right, scars, is from the, from the telephony business we had or mobile phone business. We had tremendous uptake. We had tremendous usage, tremendous productivity from this product. But when you go back in history, you see just how many failed companies exist, right, or, or how many failed yes. companies uh, um, were, cre- were are, are, are in, the, in the history. And, um, and sometimes those companies, by the time they failed, were... were Fortune 100. They were not small companies. Motorola, Nokia, even Blackberry. Microsoft. Yeah. yeah, Blackberry and even Microsoft itself um, was gunning for that and failed. You know, had they been doing it as an independent company, they would have invested hundreds of millions into this effort. So it, it yep. it's just history repeating, and it's not an um, it's not necessarily unhealthy. Maybe this is the way of the world. This is the way businesses should be uh there should be a large high failure rate because as we're going through this process we're learning one of the consequences though is that people feel that somehow the 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 logic of the solution is not valid and and again people might have said in the 90s this mobile phone thing it's it's just not going to work out um or this computer thing, mm-hmm. it's just not going to work out. Or this video game business, it's just not going to work out. So th- this, is w- this is one of the reasons why I caution about scooters. And I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they're not a complete solution and they're not the only solution. Uh, I've seen some data. It's not public uh, on utilization, on uh, the way the fleets are managed, which show that there is kind of a fire and forget mentality. Let's just put them out there and see what happens. Not without, yep. you know, yeah. Anyway, I'm repeating myself. No, no, I, I hear you on all of that. Um, I guess that the, the part that I can hear, I mean, that you're, you, you know, to summarize your point, it's like, hey, I don't think that much has changed in the last six months. There's, you know, we're learning a bunch, but we're still spending way too much money on these business models that we're not yet sure work. Some of that we think we can get get and learn, and there's sort of uh, you know you can see it in the way the bird and I think Travis Vandersam was on stage in January and he was like look look we kind of worked out we could scale really quickly now we need to work out how to do unit economics and even six months later I'm still not sure that we're 
we're getting closer to maybe unit economics are going to work on scooters, but it's still not the thing. There's a worry there for that I have, which is that venture capital kind of look at micromobility and say, oh, it's not even, you know, the scooter companies look at all these companies, they're all going to go bust. Um, and they don't recognize that there's actually a far wider opportunity there. Uh, just, I just, just keep to mind one more, one more historic um, precedent of this. And that was in the green tech. Remember green tech? This was, you probably were involved in this as well in the mid 2000s. That um, oh yeah the we, biofuel Koshler investing doing all so of the stuff great in the switchgrass we had thin film solar I remember that one because some, yeah. there were startups that collected hundreds of million dollars uh, hundreds of millions of dollars of investment from venture capital to develop new technologies yeah. for solar energy and the, what was amazing is back then um that the 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 just quickly you know thin film was going to be very cheap you you'd print solar panels essentially like on a on a laser printer and and so you know or an inkjet sorry i should say an inkjet printer so you would be able to produce these uh these uh, uh sheets of material that would be solar panel and would be photoreactive and 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 thus you know cover the world in this material and even though it was low efficiency, it was extremely cheap, and therefore on the watts uh, 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 per dollar basis, it was very, very good economics. But we have nothing from that any, anymore. None of that exists. Uh, the mm. winner turned out to be plain old crystalline silicon solar panels, which made in China. Nothing came out of the U.S. or Europe that changed dynamic, mm. the dynamics of solar energy. And yet, solar is bigger than ever. And yet, a lot yeah, of a lot of the it was just scaling. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the the so the people bet on on technological solutions when what really we needed were more manufacturing capacity of existing solutions, which is what was delivered by China. And what, what's what's you know as a result you know the photovoltaic uh, output or or generation. Just continues to double. You know, it's phenomenally successful, and we have a lot more, uh, which is a good thing. But as far as capital is concerned, it didn't work. So again, sorry to divert to 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 digress again, but but I, I it's not uh, to say that the there a lot of money will be lost and a lot of companies would fail in micromobility is not a condemnation of the idea or the fact that it's actually extremely popular and it's changing the world for the better. We have to yet solve some critical questions about how to scale this and how to bring it to market to, to more and more, more and more markets. Anyway, sorry, that was my mm. memory no, no. there. I had right. a flashback. I had a flashback because I was, I was trying to also work out some of the green tech, green tech questions back then um, uh, with high efficiency solar. I remember that. Well, and, and Hey, look, there was a really interesting point as well, which is I remember talking to some clean tech guys, uh, probably early 2010s and they were like, Oh man, that was such a disastrous time. Um, and, and it would have been really bloody obvious if we'd just gone and done the numbers, which is we're trying to produce, you know, uh, I mean, especially the sort of the big bits that were put on cellulosic ethanol. Um, you know, we're going to have to go grow all this stuff. It's like, if you go do the math on all of this, <laughs> it makes no sense. You're trying to turn sunlight, which requires a huge amount of land area because you're only getting a certain amount of watts per square meter and convert that at 1% efficiency when you're, when you're growing. And, but plants. not only that, but you and have to store. And then you're turning that into fuel. 
you got, you've got to yeah, yeah, right. It, and you then know. you and then you're turning it and then you're turning it into fuel, which is you know really really low level of uh, energy efficiency in terms of conversion. And I then totally you're selling remember, that for yeah. a dollar, a gallon. It, it, you know, it's even, like if you just go do the basic math, that doesn't make sense. But micromobility, <laughs> no, well, but that wait, math wait, wait, on the scooters even, don't make any sense. But maybe we'll get there. You know, even another uh, still hanging on today is Solar City and the idea of residential solar. And the residential solar promise was that you know every rooftop is a, is a power plant, and 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 right. therefore, but when you again do the numbers there and you say, well, actually there's not much land ma- or area, and the in the frictional you know setup times and maintenance costs and all these other issues related to consumer ownership of that asset or even leasing of mm-hmm. that asset, it it really is a difficult economic question, and it, it comes down to watts per. Uh, per dollar, and you, you you realize quickly, and yet and yet, you know, Solar City it remains a dream of Elon Musk, and a lot of people applaud his approach and they say it's a wonderful thing to do, and and so on and so on. And we may agree on that uh, the, the, that the result is desirable, but it, but the implementation is so inefficient that it doesn't make sense economically. Now, again, we we, we seem to be kind of throwing out a lot of negative. Negative anecdote here, but it is, it's not, it's a, the the logic here is to understand the distinction between the business model, the implementation, which needs to be it's essentially a black box. It's a machine that's trying to convert an idea plus some capital into more capital, and and mm-hmm. that black box may not be functioning right. You need another black box and another one, but generally people do like the idea and, 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 and want to see it work. Um, and that's the way capitalism works. That's the way free markets work. Um, believe me, if you were trying to do this in a deliberate fashion by designing it supposedly from top down, you'll probably make even bigger mistakes and, and bigger commitments and, and end up in, in, uh, in a failure as well. So it's not clear that, uh, you know, what, what, uh, what needs to be done but there will be another few experiments necessary here. Anyway, um, hopefully cool. that helps. Um, did we? Uh, In the meantime, I will do a I'll do a little bit of a quick shout out here uh, for those who are interested. Uh, micromobility.io. There are still tickets available for Berlin. Can you give any update uh, there on on the Berlin uh, conference, Horace? Absolutely. So we we have. We have a program that's been published. Go see micromobility.io uh, for for some of the uh, the speaker slots. Uh, there are some still open. We're we're working to fill those. We have a great lineup. We are obviously in Berlin, where where uh, scooters are just starting to appear, or will be appearing this summer. Hopefully by October, people will be able to use these products. They might not be the same as in the U.S., and Berlin is certainly uh, plenty of options available for for regular bike sharing, and um, uh, and and this is again this is the, the heart of the th- of the question is is how do we think about uh, internationally, culturally, uh, and also uh, you know at 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 the at at the ground level. About micromobility, uh, the the I think the the way I want to frame the conversation uh, through the keynote uh, in in Berlin, it'll be versus six you know nine months earlier in January uh, in the U.S. 
it's it's about really now trying to understand to, to, to what degree we need to be localized, to what degree we need to be diversified, to what degree we need to have the uh, segmentation and understanding of the jobs, as opposed to saying, yeah, micromobility can replace a lot of what cars do. I think that still holds true, but really the devil's in the details. And so that's where we're going to be mm -hmm. going at, at in this conference. It's a lot more about implementation uh, and uh, and, and people will show up with scars. People will show up with, uh, with, uh, with experience that, uh, you know, hey, we tried this, it failed. And you only learn through failure. Generally speaking, uh, that is where the lessons lie, and they're expensive lessons, but, uh, but we need to learn anyway. And uh, uh, this is one thing that Christensen taught me um, uh, about the planning of a new venture that you're going to be disruptive with or the planning of a new venture that you're going to be highly innovative with and that is that you need to plan to learn it's not to create a deliberate plan of reaching 300 million dollars in revenues in six months or some something like that which is what a lot of companies want which is what investors want they say well show me a plan tell me you know what you're doing and i want to i'll invest if, if you've demonstrated uh, success no, it's, it's the sure. opposite, actually. You want to demonstrate failure because that means you've been learning and you want to set up a, a, an experiment and you want to set up a, a learning process. And then that is very hard to get funded for, right? Nobody wants to say, I'm going to have you learn on my nickel. But that's exactly what capital needs to do. Capital needs to learn. And the capital tends to be, uh, tends to be um, selfish and wants to know without learning. You, you, you know, that, that's, that's, that's an absurdity, right? So I very, very, uh, that's how I want to think about uh, micromobility Berlin. Uh, it's, it's not just pie in the sky, let's dream about the future, uh, but rather, hey, clearly there's a demonstrated need. Clearly there's a potential for a solution here that at least people will use. Now let's think about the business models that make it happen and the operations models which actually I think are, uh, are crucial, right? Very pragmatic. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Rose.